Hey everybody, it's episode 21 of the Gameology Podcast. This is all about luck versus skill. I'm one of your hosts, Matt. And I'm Attila Gabriel Brunieski. So we're talking about luck versus skill, Attila. Why did you bring this up and why are we talking about it? You sound so like interroga- uh, interrogatory. Is that a word? Yes. Um, uh, you know, if you ever think of like um, a party game, for instance, I, I, I mentioned this topic and you immediately um, brought up like Mario Kart and some uh, strong feelings therein. I, yeah, I was talking about Mario Kart, Mario Party, mm-hmm. and D&D. First off, let's go Mario Party, mm-hmm. because that is a game when I had a good group of friends, guys and girls that would play video games. Mario Party came up every once in a while, but there were a few aspects of the game that I wish I could take out, and, and those were the luck ones, where you would win a lot of mini games, and then in the end, you would lose for just some random modifier of like, oh, oh they landed on the most blue squares. And the point of the game is not to land on blue squares, it's just to go through it. So... Mm-hmm. Or it wouldn't tell you where you were going. It was a lack of information. And if it if they could just break it down to the mini games, which are all skill, I would have loved that game. Well, some of them. I mean, there's the more recent titles in Mario Party. There have been some mini games that are just complete luck, like this sort of cut the rope game where you have to pick a rope to cut, and then one of those ropes makes you lose at random. Yeah, that's not fair. I don't want it to be like real life, where the person you choose might end up killing you. Um, so that's, yeah, that was a, a, something that kind of pushed me away from Mario Party in, mm. and it's sad because there's so much of that game I love and I think is almost perfect, but then there's those other aspects and I see that it's kind of gone further along those lines. So, oh God, yeah. Like in Mario Party 10 now they have, um, you land on a Bowser square, which traditionally in Mario Party, a Bowser square always meant something like, oh no, this is the like one out of a hundred really bad luck sort of thing. You lose a star, which is one of your key things towards getting toward to victory. Now you land on a Bowser square, oh, evil Bowser rolls a die and see what the random Bowser effect is. Oh no, I'm going to take the stars from every player and redistribute them equally. Oh no. It's it you get the sense that it's all been I mean they're going after a casual market mm-hmm. because it's Mario Party. Uh it's the exact opposite of Smash Brothers. Yeah. So I can see that they're just trying to make it a little more equal, but it always reminds me of being in grade 4 when they divided the classroom up into four groups and whoever had the most points at the end of the month got pizza or something stupid like that and they gave one group 10 points, they cheered. And then Someone else did something nice, and the teacher goes, you know what? Everybody gets 10 points. And all these idiots cheered. I'm like, do you understand the concept of the game? You are not ahead now. Yeah, We've all got the same. Ah. Yeah. So that gives me that sense of like, uh, I guess a little bit of um, what's the point? Yeah, absolutely. Fun. I, I, yeah, fun. And believe it or not, fun is the point because... When Nintendo is designing a party game like Mario Party, they want to make the game inclusive for people who may or may not play games as much. They want to make the game accessible to like younger players. Um, you know, with this ridiculous um, sort of luck tweaking in the game in Mario Party 10, you know, a three-year-old could win against a bunch of other players just because that's the way. Like the the game, it's entirely up to its discretion as to who is ultimately called the winner. Um, I think this is definitely taking it too far. Uh, I think that I would love a Mario Party in which you could say, let's play for a casual experience. Let's play for a serious experience or whatever. And you could like just 
pick an option in the game. Like, how hard would that be to just exclude certain minigames from the pool? And, and exclude certain people from certain, the <laughs> Or just certain mechanics or these kinds of things which make the game more of a, a completely sort of luck-based outcome. And then, you know, if you want the game to be more competitive, you just throw in a couple of these little modifiers and it suddenly becomes much more appealing to players like you and I who really want to feel rewarded for uh, whether or not you're skilled or you're winning the minigames, yes or no. Um, but, you know, ultimately, all games do need some amount of luck in them. Right? Okay. <laughs> Did you, do you feel like there's a, any intuitive reason as to why that might be? I don't know. Uh, let's say that you're playing a game entirely devoid of luck, like chess, right? Uh, if you lose in chess, who do you have to blame but yourself? You know, it was a game that is so tightly controlled that um, if you win at chess, it's entirely because of skill. If you lose at chess, it's entirely because of skill. There is no randomness that could have made the game go in one direction or another. And when you lose a game because of a lack of skill, you really feel it. You know that's like, well, man, I feel terrible about myself because I just lost at this game of pure skill. When there's an element of randomness in a game, you can blame it for your loss. Okay, all right. So you can uh, be salty towards something else. You can exactly. misplace the blame. All right. And it's it's something that uh, you know you're 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 deluding yourself a bit, you know, because odds are you're playing a game of Hearthstone or something. You didn't draw the cards you needed. Well, you know, it's entirely possible, but maybe you just misplayed. You'll usually know when you misplayed. You'll usually get this feeling in the back of your mind. It's like ah, I should have played those cards in a different order, or that was a like I should have attacked this guy instead of that guy. But maybe you can sort of suppress that thought and just say, ah, oh, I didn't get the cards I needed when I needed them. And it makes you feel better about yourself. And ultimately, if you're trying to create a game that is fun, having the ability to blame luck for not, for, for like a, a lack of winning something is very important. Um, it's definitely good for player attention. I mean, if you look at a game like Dark Souls yeah. or Bloodborne, a game that because the the life bars on the bosses and a lot of the enemies are so large, mm. you can't you, you can't just luck your way through it. You need to consistently prove to this game that you can win the mini game of dodge then attack ten to twenty to thirty times consecutively. Yeah, and it's one of those things where different kinds of games. Obviously, a party game is going to favor um, <laughs> yeah. luck way more heavily than. Um, a something like uh, like a fighting game or something a fighting game is going to have almost no luck in it but uh having luck in these games is not necessarily a bad thing because it introduces an opportunity for swing and swing is something that you're going to be very familiar with as uh, like rubber banding in uh, mario Mario kart Kart. uh, which i know you're also uh, got some gripes about that well in terms of mario kart I understand that there are elements like the blue shell Mm -hmm. and some other elements that come in, the lightning, for example, that are um, designed to help more casual players out. And that, just like with Mario Party, like that's great. And that is one of the reasons that a lot of people can play it. And it can be fun with a lot of people that have varying amounts of skill. Uh, But I just wish it had more customization with that. And I think that would really fix just about everything. It's one of the best things about the game Worms is that almost everything about it is customizable. 
even though there is a lot of luck involved in that game as well. And it's one of the elements where you couldn't make, try to imagine Worms as an esports game or like Mario Kart. I mean, any kind of, anytime you bring in that element of randomness, mm-hmm. it's pretty hard to have any sort of a, like an official competition. Right. And that's why games like Hearthstone, which are played at a competitive level, are played like best two of three. Because that helps to eliminate the randomness from, like, did you really have bad luck two games in a row, or are you just not as skilled as this player? It's possible, but it's less likely. And you can also blame um, the way you've assembled your deck mm-hmm. as well, Absolutely. in terms of, uh, you know, what cards are going to be coming up or not. Yeah, but that's a, that's a skill fault, not a randomness fault. Exactly. You know? uh, but I'm glad you brought up Worms, actually, because that is a great example of where, if a game doesn't have enough of a potential for swing um when basically when you get one player who's like very clearly not going to win they become a kingmaker right they they decide which of the other two remaining players or three remaining players is going to be the winner and that can happen either by them throwing their support behind the the player you'll see this in games of monopoly when like one person's tailing behind they'll say like um uh, i'll trade you all of my properties and stuff for one dollar and it's just like okay, you just guaranteed that that person is going to win. You know, you're you you've lost the game. Monopoly is terrible. You feel a bit bitter about the fact that you're going to get knocked out of the game first. So you've basically just declared the winner of the game. You've kind of invested in them. And if they win, you feel good about it because you know you helped them win. Or even worse, you can actively just become like a troll and just say like, well. I don't particularly care which of the th- which of the three of you win, but I really want to make sure that you don't win. So I'm just going to throw all of my ire at you and my bitterness about losing the game. And neither neither of those are good outcomes. Um, when you have potential for swing in a game, it ensures that no one just starts targeting a specific player for good or ill. Because that way, if a if a player wins because they've been made king then the player who was previously leading is going to be feel like they were cheated out of their victory. And similarly, um, a player who is um, the subject of the ire of the losing player is going to feel like, you know, what the hell? You just completely ruined my chances at winning this game just because you were, you know, you didn't have a shot at winning. You decided to take your frustration out on me. So again, that's why um, not, not all like scenarios of luck necessarily enable swing by by nature of um any well-constructed uh situation with with where luck is involved um you have like a random effect take place uh like in hearthstone you um use a card that does a random three damage and maybe the random damage hits one monster that you're not really concerned about and it hits your opponent in the face two times and that's not at all what you wanted and the monster that is still on the board uh, that was causing you trouble is is untouched and that's an example of where the randomness didn't work out in your favor but it could have and it was a low cost and that that's an example of a card which is in a very small way can trigger a little bit of swing um However, there are definitely examples of mechanics which can induce swing without luck being a factor. And I think that um, a lot of people feel much better about those kind of things because there isn't this, um, there, there isn't a chance, there's a calculation going on that um, helps you sort of take back your shot at first place by demonstrating 
more skill. Like if you are a really skilled player and you're not winning by um, demonstrating an excessive amount of skill, perhaps, um, and doing something really well, it gives you a chance to sort of climb through the ranks and claw your way back up to first place. Um, one of the examples of that is a fantastic uh, WarioWare game. Are you familiar with the WarioWare? I franchise? love WarioWare. If, yeah. If they combined WarioWare with Mario Party, I would buy that in an instant. They did on GameCube. There's a WarioWare party game where you play with three other players and you are playing the WarioWare minigames. Um, but every time you win a game in WarioWare, you claim a tile on a board, and they're also playing uh, this sort of metagame of Go, where if you claim two tiles on either side of a person's other tiles, you flip them and they become your own. So effectively, uh, you can fail to capture a tile, um, or you can succeed at the, the metagame of Go and really swing the game in your favor because suddenly you've just turned a whole bunch of somebody else's points into your own and now you've got a great shot at winning the game so i absolutely loved seeing that game i never i, I didn't i i'd never heard of it before i, I just saw like uh, the game grumps playing it and i was like this game might be one of the best designed party games i've ever seen enabling swing without resorting to luck having these small like skill execution challenges and then keeping players who are otherwise uh have been knocked out of the game um feeling competitive and not feeling like they are going to just sort of troll whoever they decide um it was a really great example of just like everything knitting together really nicely to create a, a fun party game that's still accessible and i think that's what mario party should aspire to be absolutely you know, uh, one point I wanted to make about worms in terms of swing, mm -hmm. if you have, say, one worm and the other opponent has four of theirs at full health, mm -hmm. they have it set up where if you hit another worm with, say, a bazooka, and it, uh, there's a certain amount of damage it's going to do, or a shotgun's going to do a certain yeah. amount of damage, but there are all these different variables bouncing around. You have mines that are affected by explosions that bounce and go off at, at, at different times. You have exploding barrels. You have water that can instantly kill a worm. So having the ability where one well-placed shot that still relies on luck mm -hmm. because you can plan for the best which way the, the worm that you attack is going to bounce, which way the mine's going to go, where the explosion's going to be, mm -hmm. if they're going to hit the water. Um, but there's but, a degree of unpredictability. Exactly. So that's it's like um, it's a nice mix of unpredictability mixed with skill and smart decisions that result in you never feeling like you're totally out of the game. And that's mm -hmm. and that's I think that's a really greatly designed game. It's like two football teams battling over the football field, the hundred yards. You could maybe get the team all the way back to like the five yard line, but one great pass and one great run, mm -hmm. you can traverse the whole field and you can start to swing in your favor. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't think that. Um... Like the the sort of kingmaker scenario I was bringing up is specifically I have seen it happen in worms. Um, I think it, it's hard to prevent it outright just because of like player psychology. You know, even in like in Mario Party, you can decide that you're just going to prevent somebody else from winning or throw your weight behind somebody else, all depending on um, how you choose to play the game. Um, so really, it you know the the amount of luck that you have in a game. Um, it's always got to be there because it, 
you know, whether or not we're deluding ourselves and this is a healthy thing or not, our ability to sort of play off our losses on something that wasn't our fault. Because if you don't have luck in the game, um, and this happens in um, League of Legends, right? You're playing on a team. You don't have randomness in the game. So when you lose, you blame your teammates. Yeah, it can be a very vicious place to play. Exactly. So that's why having luck in the game is really important because it gives you something to blame that isn't yourself and most importantly isn't other people. Because, um, you know, the, the last thing we want to do is admit fault on our own part. Um, so like I said, whether or not that that's healthy, if your goal is to create a game that's fun and entertaining, then you include more randomness, more random elements um, where you can blame that if things didn't go your way. Um, the way that you can feel the best about these kind of things is when those random elements are used not to just kind of mess up everybody, like the, the Bowser redistribution of the wealth kind of thing. Um, or the, uh, the lightning in Mario Kart. Yeah. It, if you use these uh, moments to create um, potential for swing rather than just strictly messing with everybody, it's going to feel a lot better. Um, as you sort of go towards the more competitive side of things, the luck naturally has to drain out of the scenario, but it should never be entirely gone. There should always be something that gives people an edge um, if they take a chance, because ultimately sometimes taking that chance is a strategic decision, which isn't just a complete roll of the die. A lot like life. Uh, another another huge aspect of skill versus luck has to do with uh, Dungeons and Dragons systems, wherein you are making educated guesses and say you're a very skilled lock picker, mm -hmm. you'll have more dice to throw. You still have to reach the same goal as everybody else in a way, but you have a, a higher percentage chance of doing it. And it might be guaranteed, but it might not be. And we see these aspects taking up in many different RPGs, Elder Scrolls series, and, and, and many others. And it's... Uh, there's a there's an inherent tension that comes from that where you're still making an educated guess mm -hmm. and you still have to throw yourself to the wind. Am I going to try and pick this lock that could be a trap that could explode in my face? If I got a 90% chance of doing it, I'm going to go for it. It could still blow up. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that's what makes a lot of those games. I mean, if you ask anyone who plays D&D, &D, the greatest moments are when somebody had, you know, like a million to one shot and they rolled you know, all great, all sixes or however you play mm -hmm. D&D. I don't know. All 12s on a 12 set of die. Or just, you know, natural 20. There you go. Natural 20. Yeah. So it's, I mean, that aspect can, can add a lot of fun. It can add a lot of personality and it can add randomness to, mm -hmm. especially a game that you're going to be playing multiple times. So it's a way to, a way to sort of add an element of the randomness of life, the chaos theory into it. Yeah. It's, it's, um, the the dice rolling in D anD D is like serving a very specific role. Like the fact that everything is rolling dice, though, like both the player and the enemy are rolling dice to sort of compete against each other, helps sort of even things out. Um, and ultimately, it just it creates a an experience which otherwise would be reduced to simple stat checking. Where it's like, if you have different attacks that have different potentials, why would you ever use something that's not your maximum potential? You could but, just submit your player sheet, and the yeah. DM would be like, "Okay, you win." Yeah, exactly. Game over. So. The, in, in that sense, the, having the having that uh, the dice rolling really it's the like the lifeblood of the D and D combat system. 
And a lot of what we're seeing in Western RPGs um, and Japanese RPGs as well. It's just mm-hmm. you're leveling up different abilities and you're still sort of throwing yourself to the wind. I mean, if you get into like a turn-based battle, if sometimes it'll come down to it. If this enemy attacks this player and you're leaving that up to luck of like the programming of what mm-hmm. what what is going on beyond the scenes. So it, I don't always think it has to be luck versus skill. Um, it, a lot of times you have great examples of luck and skill holding hands and... Uh, making a beautiful rainbow together. Sure, yeah. Definitely. Well, that is going to do it for this episode on Luck versus Skill. You can listen to an audio version or a video version at a 90s kit. podcast is called Gameology. I am Matt. You can follow me on Twitter at GameThinkTalk. And you can find me on Twitter at BluishGreenPro, or you can check out my website at BluishGreenProductions.com, where you can submit user feedback and questions that we might get to at some point on the show, if anyone decides to submit some. And play a sweet free game called several sweet free games. What's the one I love? The one uh, where you jump around a world and it's oh, all you're, happy. Oh, you're thinking of when we were young. When we were young. Great soundtrack by Mark Sparling. Beautiful game. Check it out. Bye, everybody. Bye.